स्मार्ट यू आर लिसनिंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन प्रॉट यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट हेलो एंड वेलकम टू टेल मी हाउ यू डेट इट आई एम नम्रता सकारिया एंड आई एम हियर टू ब्रिंग टू यू माई हैंड पिक लिस्ट ऑफ सम ऑफ इंडिया फाइनेस्ट ब्रांड्स यस आर बेस्ट होम ग्रोन कंपनीज that can compete with the world's best and still win the battle hands down these companies range from food fashion and film to home art and design i'm only too happy to talk to the founders who not only chased their rainbows they also made india proud make sure you tune in at hdsmartcast.com week after week to shake the hands that built our best businesses listen to them tell me how they did it The good old gin and tonic was invented by the British in India to cool off during our cruel tropical summers as well as to take care of them in case they got malaria. But it took an Indian company 70 years since independence to come up with its own craft gin. Never mind, greater than and its parent company Mayo Spirits have more than made up for lost time by bagging a very prestigious nomination this year. they've been nominated as the international gin producer of the year by the international wine and spirits competition this is akin to the oscars of the alcohol world the 2017 launch greater than has changed the drinking game in india by bringing on a gin revolution i'm talking to its founder and ceo anand virmani about what makes greater than the greatest indian gin out there hello anand Welcome to tell me how you did it. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me here, Namrata. So you've obviously come from a finance background. How do you go from banking to alcohol? Um, wasn't so much banking. Um, I I actually started off my career in consulting with uh, you know one of the big four, uh, Deloitte. Um, ended up. I mean, I I knew I wasn't going to end up uh, doing that for for too much longer. um and end up trying to figure out a way to get into the alcobev business because just the the brands in the alcobev business fascinated me and how malleable and and premium uh, you know they were getting so uh, that's really where it all uh, started from ended up uh, somehow getting a job in a scotch whiskey company called william grant and sons which was uh, a small one at that point especially in india uh, they of course had uh, glenfiddich and uh, and balvini and grants but the the sort of uh, ace in the hole was uh, hendrix uh, gin which you know in 2010 when i joined them we were launching that uh, that brand and no one wanted to drink gin you know so so that's really where the journey started from and and you know fast forward to 2015 when i was helping a, a friend of mine start a wine bar in uh, wine and cocktail bar uh, in uh, khan market delhi uh, this one's called perch you know we noticed that lots and lots of people were coming in and asking for gin and gin cocktails are you not are you not a part of perch are you not a partner there because it's my it's my go to watering hole every time i'm in delhi it's been a while since uh, since uh, we kind of said all right you know the gin business requires full time attention perch requires full time attention so yeah, of when that direction aprajita and i uh when when the separate direction uh, that's your wife and your partner aprajita nainal right correct 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 so she is yeah. uh, she is the creative brains i'm i'm the person who puts the gin in the bottle itself so <laughs> good uh, partnership in that sense the 
I've also been to Babson, which is a, a top college. And I want to ask you, why do you think, you know, so many people in finance or investment bankers are moving to creative or lifestyle related entrepreneurships? And I'm asking you this, this week, which is, you know, the big boss smashing Nike IPO launch, right? I mean, Falguni Nair was you know, how do you go from MD of Kotak Mahindra to selling lipsticks online and like suddenly being this gazillionaire? It's incredible. And and I think uh, her story is absolutely inspirational. Um, hers and many more, of course. I mean, yeah, yes, yeah. of course, hers is coming to the, into the spotlight, but there's many, many, many male and female entrepreneurs that are, that are absolutely, you know, gunning for it. And, and it's, uh, it's great to kind of hear and see. And honestly, so, so Babson, is of course a school that specializes in entrepreneurship, right? It's a college that specializes in entrepreneurship. However, that's not the reason I went there. Um, funnily enough, I think I was probably one of the very few people to go there for their investment uh, investment banking program, which was also great. Um, it turned out that well, ninety five percent of uh, of everyone in there was looking at entrepreneurship or had a family, um, you know, business background, which I obviously did not. So. Even at the point of graduating from Babson, I don't think uh, I had it in my mind that at some point I'd start my own business. But obviously, some bug must have bit me while I was there and, uh, and something uh, stayed on. So, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, you know, it's great that uh, people are moving away from uh, your typical sort of careers. Of course, banking and, and investments and, uh, and uh, finances, of course, become a fairly mainstream uh, uh, career now. Um, and, and like I said, that's how my journey started in college. Uh, but very quickly, I think, at least for myself, uh, I realized that, uh, yes, while finance was great, it was fun, um, you know, looking at numbers was, was great. It's, it's just not what I wanted to be doing for the rest of my life. Right? It's I a think. great time for entrepreneurship in India, right? I agree. And the kind of opportunity we have in this country is uh, absolutely unparalleled. Um, you know, for everyone who wants to kind of, uh, and, and of course, we all kind of ponder about this, uh, oh, you know, wouldn't it be better to go and live somewhere in Europe or somewhere in, in Australia or Canada or the US or whatever. Everyone thinks about it. Everyone talks about it. But at the end of the day, you know, this is home and, and uh, you know, no one understands this space better than us, um, especially in the Alcobev space. Uh, you know, it is very tricky. It is very challenging, right? It's uh it's a market like none other because it's you know it's one market but it's bifurcated in uh, in in twenty or thirty or maybe more uh, depending on states and regions etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, for us, for me at least, and 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 I think for Aprajita as well, getting in here and getting a getting our, our feet wet was was really interesting. It was really scary also to see you know how complex uh, you know a, a market it was. But I think. Having been in the space for about uh, eight, nine years at that point, we had that comfort level to kind of go in and say, okay, this maybe we can tackle. Um, and, and yeah, that, that's how it happened. When you when you talk about opportunities in India, what do you mean? Do you mean the strength of our numbers or are there other factors as well? I think it's beyond that now. I think the strength of the numbers we've been talking about for you know the last 20, 25 years, right? at least for, for my entire lifetime, uh, we've heard this, right? That it's a billion people. You know, imagine selling one tube of toothpaste to a billion people. You've sold, you know, a billion tubes of toothpaste. Um, I think it's beyond that. I think it's more about us as 
as a consumer defining uh, who we want to be rather than just taking on trends from from outside um so so we're really seeing i don't know by if it's via social media or if it's just via um you know some other some other means but we're really seeing the indian consumer start to differentiate themselves and ask for unique things um you know this this massive focus on coffee for example yeah. um you know in india i think we've all suddenly kind of woken up to it right the indian consumer suddenly woken up to it and said you know wow this is you know so much of you know so much of the best coffee that you find in the rest of the world is actually coming from chikmangalur you know yeah. it's coming from cool you know so it's right here it's you know it's in our backyard and it's our um you know it's our estates our, our uh, coffee estates that are producing some of the best coffees in the world yeah so those kind of things are happening where we're moving away from just um just saying okay you know we're it's it's the fortune at the bottom of the pyramid it's it's very much you know kind of going up the pyramid uh and saying every single uh consumer in india is looking for a differentiated experience uh and that's the piece that's exciting that's why you've got you know brands like or you know at least portals like nike coming in yeah and saying yeah we understand you um and yeah we're going to create something unique for you uh that's not there anywhere else in the world yeah i think it's wonderfully put and i don't know if you uh you watched our episode with araku coffee we spoke to the founder manoj kumar uh, he had sanandi do you know araku coffee it's yeah, yeah. yeah it's fantastic it's the yeah. first indian specialty coffee they have a store in uh paris they opened their second cafe in bangalore and uh, uh it's it's a full cooperative like amul was you know with milk and it's they rejigged this whole adivasi movement it's fantastic i'm i'm so impressed with the idea of how to get social entrepreneurship right you know no it's it's great exactly and and that's that's the piece that's exciting about india right now right it's not just what we've been hearing for the longest time right it's not just about and and even when we started right when we when we started this business we started going around and speaking to people who'd been in this space for for a long time who'd been distillers bottlers blenders all of that and they all kind of you know laughed the idea away to say you know sorry you want to make craft uh gin you know that that just doesn't sound how did how did the how did the idea of gin come about because were we even a big like what was india even a gin drinking nation see again and this is where that uh, the distinction is made um in 2016 or 15 in fact when we were playing with the idea um yeah india was the fifth largest gin drinker in the world right which doesn't sound right because who's drinking gin you know you look around who's drinking gin and what are the gins i mean i don't think so, we had so, anything that was an imported so the statistic of course was was true but but i guess uh, the pinch of salt that you have to take it with is the fact that uh, most of it was you know priced at 250 rupees uh and below so uh-huh. um so it was things like blue ribbon things like you know blue moon um carius gin in rajasthan made up half of that you know they were they were almost selling a million cases by themselves and it was priced at 150 200 rupees a bottle a million so, cases yeah it's you know it's one of those things you know in in india those those numbers uh, are are not as crazy as they would sound anywhere else in the world <laughs> so so that kind of is the is the pinch of salt that uh, that we had to we had to take this with and we said okay 
yes people are drinking gin in india but not the kind of gin that we are talking about not the yeah, kind of yeah. gin that we want to be producing in any case so i think i think we kept that aside and we said all right when we were at perch we said okay you know people are really coming in and looking for gin and they were asking for things like hendrix and tanqueray and monkey 47 etc uh so clearly people are um looking for gin but we just don't have any good gin options uh, to serve them yeah, uh, yeah so you know the choice we have is blue ribbon or you know one of your imported brands like bombay sapphire or beefeater or gordons etc you know which are great sure you know they they're fairly standard they're great they're imported but they're unnecessarily expensive because of the you know the taxation that happens on anything imported in india yeah um and also they're not the most exciting right uh due credit to them they're massive but you know nothing exciting about them i mean they they're fairly uh, plain jane so so where the rest of the world is going crazy with you know all all forms of uh, all all iterations of gin uh, all kinds of spices and botanicals being used in there all kinds of stories being told here we are with either really cheap mass produced gin made in india or um fairly generic brands coming from outside you know where's the excitement where's the story so that's kind of really where it started from um and and we started thinking about creating a gin for india from india um and and yeah and the rest is uh, rest is now i guess recent history for us is it true that you found it hard to find a distilling and a bottling unit because the quantity of the quantity you wanted to produce was so small yeah uh we did so again back when we had the idea we said okay let's let's actually go around and explore who might be able to make this for us because between myself aprajita and vaibhav at that time we had no distilling experience right so for us um we really would would have needed help and and the solution for in our minds was that you know we'll get someone else to make this for us someone with the right expertise uh someone with distilling uh knowledge etc and experience and you know we'll we'll work on the branding side that's really our forte right we'll work on the branding side we'll work on on the marketing side and everything and 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 make it big however that first step was uh, was a bit flawed in itself because when we did go out and started speaking to people saying listen you know can you make uh, a craft gin can you make a really good gin for us you know we'll we'll work on the recipe with you etc a couple of things we discovered most um distillers in india were were either did not have the equipment or did not have the willingness to actually go and do something like this um you know we would walk into the door and tell them listen we want to do this uh, we want to create a craft gin and first they would say why are you making a craft gin you know the, the market doesn't exist in india you know why why are you wasting our time second they would say okay sure you know you want to make a craft gin that's that's on you how many cases will you make you know how can we help you and we say okay you know we want to start with about 7000 8000 cases uh you know about that number and they said oh, okay okay all right so 8000 cases a, a week said no 8000 <laughs> cases a year and most would show us the door then itself right uh the one or two that said okay sure fine you know fine we'll make it for you right uh turned out they didn't have the equipment they didn't have um you know the proper training they didn't have the the proper equipment they didn't have a copper pot still in india traditionally how everything's been made how everything's been manufactured is you take 
you know, neutral spirit and you add flavoring to it, you blend it and you bottle it, right? That's, that's really how, um, again, most things, most spirits in India are made. I'm, of course, excluding the, the recent single malt kind of uh, revolution as well, like Paul John and Amrut, etc. Yeah. But apart from that, that's really how it was made. So they said, okay, that, this is how we're going to make it. And we said, no, no, we'd like for it to be made in the, in the traditional way with a copper pot still, with real botanicals, real spices. I mean, that's the whole point, right? I mean, let's showcase the herbs and spices uh, that we have that we can, uh, you know, we can put into the, into the bottle. So, so I think in the process of elimination, we pretty much ended up uh, with nobody and then having to realize that, okay, we're going to have to do this ourselves. Um, so then we went out and started looking for partners who would be able to give us a little bit of space in their facility to create our own um, unit with a copper pot still, with our own storage tanks, with botanicals that we could uh, use ourselves. And, um, and, and that's when... I actually decided to get into distilling myself. So, you know, coming from that, uh, you know, business marketing kind of background, getting into distilling was not something I'd ever imagined, right? It's a commerce student turned uh, chemist. How did Goa come into the picture? Because you started distilling in Goa and now it's home to a lot of alcohol distilling brands, right? Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that, that I've been asked quite a bit that what about Goa made it the perfect, uh, you know, place for us to, to start our distilling operations. It may sound funny, but it was, uh, it was absolutely blind luck. Um, we actually had finalized on a space in Maharashtra, near Pune, and we were quite happy with that and everything. And we, we, in our minds already kind of started developing that, but you know, just after that, we had already planned a trip to Goa to meet a couple of uh, bottlers here. So we said, okay, you know, the tickets are booked, uh, you know, the meetings are fixed. Let's just go and do that. And we came in and we met these guys, uh, you know, we met four of them, I think, uh, in, in one day and they were all terrible. And we said, okay, great. You know, in our minds, you know, in any case, we had, we had uh, thought about uh, Pune. So let's just do that. But that night, I, I mean, I said, okay, we've come so far. We have an extra day. You know, I made a couple of cold calls. And one of them um, was a call to the guys we work with now, uh, Blue Ocean Beverages. And I think right off the bat, to me, it seemed like they got it, right? And, and they understood what we were trying to do, um, even though it may not have happened immediately at that point. Uh, but, but it seemed like they got it. And, and it seemed like we could work together and... And they understood what we were trying to do, what, what change we were trying to bring about. And we went and met them the next day and, and it just, it just worked, right? It was, you know, we, we absolutely just forgot about Pune and we just like, wow, these, so it was more to do with the people that we met rather than, you know, any external factors like excise policy or, or this, that, you know, it was just the people and the comfort level that we had um, with the, you know, with the family who was running uh, that facility. Um, that we said, great, you know, this, this works, let's do it here instead of, instead of Pune. Um, and then I think what's happened is, um, you know, there've been a bunch of people who've come and visited and said, oh, you know, this is, this is great. We can do this as well. So, so it's almost like, you know, created a, a precedent where, you know, the, the rest of the distillers don't necessarily need to worry about, uh, you know, the lay of the land because we've already kind of figured that out. Yeah. Um, 
so i i think it's absolutely blind luck uh, how we've ended up in goa and it's great because you know at at no point was i thinking about livability and and all of that when we were thinking about you know the distillery we were just thinking it has to be able to produce gin but that's that's just the way it is i think i think we just got really really lucky with the fact that we're in goa and we actually enjoy coming to work and uh, you know i used to travel to goa from delhi um you know 5 10 15 days a month um so so it was great to be able to come to goa so when you're not distilling at least you can go for a walk on the beach but you live there now you you moved there recently right you because it's because of covid it wasn't actually so we our plan was to move uh, last year march okay um because it had got to a point where i was distilling you know 15 you know 15 days plus a month so i was actually spending more time away from home uh then you know then at home and and aprajita of course was uh, was super involved uh, um you know f- with the business you know she was obviously spending all of her time there as well and and it just made sense for her also to be here and to be in and around the distillery and in and around our our main market which actually is goa um you know and more and more so we've been we've been doing that right we've been building our team here rather than uh you know in in the other cities so but it's far, it it must be an ideal existence right like to work in the distillery all day have a gin martini for a sundown on the <laughs> beach i mean what what are your days like Do, is it even called work it is called work and it it sounds <laughs> it sounds great when you paint that picture but it is still called work um Yeah I it, it's good because you know we have a, we have a 3 year old so he's growing up in a slightly cleaner environment yeah you know delhi with its uh, pollution problems unfortunately uh, yeah. has kind of pushed us out and that was that was definitely a big part of our decision making process to move itself um it is great you know to be able to see the ocean and to be able to kind of uh, be you know walking distance from from the beach it's not something that either of us grew up with because both of us grew up in delhi right landlocked um you know very very far away uh from from any kind of water body but uh it's it's great you know and 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 the beauty of it is we're able to be close to the distillery we're able to really engage um you know with both our brands uh, greater than and hapusha uh, we're able to experiment we're able to research uh, and develop more and and just kind of immerse ourselves uh you know into that entire field so yeah it's been it's been good i'm not going to complain i think uh, it, it's been good we do miss uber and uh, you know you know malls and uniqlo and those kind of things which we never actually like paid that much attention to while we were in delhi but i think now being away we're like mm, you know wouldn't mind going to a mall <laughs> <laughs> So you know I'm primarily a gin drinker. I haven't unfortunately tried Hapusha's yet, but Greater Than is my first pick always. It is a fantastic gin and I'm not saying a fantastic Indian gin. I'm saying it's a fantastic gin period. But it's also like spawned this sort of major gin drinking revolution in India. So why do you think gin is the new black? Um Of course it started off I think with uh, like it suddenly just you know snowballed into like being everyone's drink of choice right so happy to hear that <laughs> uh, I, I think I think 4 5 years ago you know that was not a statement I would have ever heard right? yeah yeah um but yeah I think I think we just saw the initial glimpses of it in 2015 
uh, where people were opening up to it. They were, you know, all right, you know, what's this gin that everyone's talking about, you know, in the rest of the world. And I think once that initial trial happened, once that initial bit happened where, you know, you go in and you order your first uh, gin and tonic at a bar, since then, it's, it's, you're right, it's absolutely snowballed because of um, the fact that actually it makes sense. In a, in a tropical country like ours, yeah. it 100% makes more sense to have a cool, refreshing gin and tonic versus, you know, uh, a whiskey on the rocks or, or, or something like that. So one, from, from an actual absolute drink perspective, it makes so much more sense to have a gin and tonic, which is cool and refreshing. Yeah. And secondly, I think, I think people have really found uh, or people have really resonated with, um, you know, the category itself, right? The fact that, you know, the gin and tonic was invented in India is not an oblivious fact anymore. Most people know the fact that, um, you know, herbs and botanicals go into the making of, uh, of gin and we happen to be sitting in the spice capital of the world, you know, it just makes sense. I mean, it's, it's uh, two and two make four, you know, it's one of those things that uh, we always were confident that it would happen and we're seeing it now happening where people are moving away from, you know, starting their uh, drinking careers with, uh, with, with whiskey because that's what their fathers drank and that's what their elder brothers drank or whatever else. It's become more, uh, you know, let's let's define what uh, what our generation is going to drink, um, and I, I think I think we couple ourselves into that generation as well. But but let's define how we're going to drink and and how that's going to be different from uh, from what our parents and grandparents were drinking. Um, so it's been really interesting. It's obviously coincided with the rise of uh, great cocktail bars and and fantastic talent, um, you know, in the bartending community as well. Um, so we've kind of been able to give, um, you know, a central tool to, to all these bartenders and servers, um, you know, and they've been able to make these great cocktails out of it as well. So all of these things kind of have fallen into place to create what's become like the perfect storm. Yeah, it's very generous of you to put things in a social sort of a context. But do you think you had the first mover advantage? Because I don't think there was a, a strong Indian gin brand before Greater Than, right? Um, yeah, no, we uh, definitely, I think we've benefited a lot from that. Uh, we've benefited a lot from um, just having been the first one. Then honestly, we're, we're still surprised about the fact that we were the first ones, right? Um, I think... It took us two years from when we first started thinking about it to when we actually came out with the first bottle uh, of Greater Than. And in that entire time, we were sure there was someone else who was going to beat us to it. Right? It was one of those things that you're constantly looking over your shoulder and saying, you know, we can't be the only ones to have seen this opportunity. Um, like either we're brilliant or, you know, we're <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like if no one's done it, is it really worth doing? It's not even about if is it really worth doing. I think I think the the bigger thing we were constantly facing was maybe people have already gone down this path and realized it's pointless. Mm. You know, because you think of the big brands, the big companies in India. You know, your Pernorica, Diageo, Bacardi, William Grants. How have they missed this? Mm. Right. What was the answer? 
well the, the answer, answer you came up with i, I think i think it's a, it's a it's a answer we're still searching for why did they miss it how did they miss it um i certainly don't think it was it was worth a miss i think it's it's obviously you know we're when we're waist deep in it um you know so for us uh, there's there's no looking back and and i think it's great i think i think we've we've been able to see the market develop so it was a case of you know kind of going out there and seeing that uh, that there was an opportunity it didn't exist the market didn't exist at that point right yeah. it was so you created a market and then you of course you know watched it again i i think i think we'll we'll be taking too much credit if we say we created the market i think uh, i see it as riding a wave and i see it as us being in the right spot at the right time um and and we just happened to catch the wave and and you know now we we're, we're riding that so i think this was bound to happen if not us it would have been someone else um i think we just happened to see the signs a little bit earlier um and 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 just went with it and i think that was that was the benefit of keeping our ear to the ground you know being um you know being in the industry itself and honestly we've we've got so much support from from the bar industry as well because you know they really see all of us as one of them uh because you know we used to run a bar and everything uh, or at least we were involved with with all of that so you know and even from the consumer standpoint i think the consumers also see us as one of them we're not you know this is this is how we dress you know we're not you know those uh you know suited booted uh, kind of uh, kind of people so so we're able to relate to our consumers we think we know what they want because it's the same as what we want uh, and what we wanted at that point was a good gin for a gin and tonic to make at home um and that still stands true today so for us that's always what we're striving for uh, even last year when we came out with our first limited edition it was really us saying listen you know we want we want to have some fun with this uh, with this gin yes greater than is is being picked up but you know we kind of want to have fun with this gin and we want to not go down the easy path and create you know a pink gin because that's what's happening in the rest of the world um let's kind of create this really geeky uh gin for for the gin nerds right for the people who are really into gin um and that's where we amped up uh, you know the juniper um you know in in greater than and and said okay here we called it uh, you know juniper bomb so that, i mean that's been really fun that's been really you know interesting and that's what's been motivating us even this year we've uh, we've come out with uh, or we're just about to launch uh, our second limited edition which is called uh, no sleep uh, the no sleep is a is a collaboration with uh, these coffee guys uh, called sleepy owl yeah um so we've actually infused um you know coffee beans into our gin um and and we are now going to be coming out with that so we've taken sounds it sounds delicious it is it really is i think it makes a great gin and tonic um again one of those things that we're really excited about we we were up till about uh, 2 am last night uh, having uh, negronis with the with the no sleep gin so you know i guess i guess the first uh, first stage of r&d is uh, do we like it and and then we we kind of take it out to the rest of the world so the no sleep works right it's it's something we really like would you be able to give me numbers like how much of india drinks gin now versus let's say whiskey or rum or any of the brown that not drinks? enough not enough of india drinks <laughs> uh, drinks gin uh even now it's uh it's just under 1% of the spirits market uh, 1% yeah 
So even that that's exactly my point, right? So so whenever we would go to anyone and say we want to make a gin, they'd be like, yeah, but it's you know it's so small, it's one percent. You know why would you want to make gin? But it's one percent of the total Indian spirits market, which of course encompasses you know all your small cities, all the spaces where you're selling Royal Stag and um, you know McDowell's number one and you know Old Monk and those kind of things. So yeah. our whiskey market is the largest in the world, right? Whiskey itself in India is sixty percent of the market. You know, brandy and rum make up another thirty percent, thirty thirty five percent, something like that. Vodka is two percent. Gin is one percent because so vodka. Generally, vodka, the white spirits don't do very well. They do well. I I think I think it's uh, I think we just have to look at it under the right lens. Mm-hmm. So if you take away most of your uh, bulk spirits and your and your value spirits, then you you will see that uh, that vodka and gin play a much larger role. I would say you know ten twenty even thirty percent, but maybe thirty percent is pushing it. But uh, but definitely twenty five percent I think is a is a space for uh, for the premium uh, white spirits category, um, you know in 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 the spirits uh, category overall. So fair enough. So yeah, I, I think there's uh, there's a there's a long way for us to go. Uh, are we saying that we are going to become you know that gin is going to become ten percent of the spirits market? No, but you know can it become 2% 3% yes and and that 2% 3% is huge it's still a very big number yeah massive it's massive right and yeah. and for us currently um as of last year at least potentially this year that might grow uh, with greater than and hapusha uh, we again we we're, we're very lucky we we're, we're very uh, privileged to be in that position but we we're at about 35 or 37% um of the premium gin market in india um so we're definitely hoping to propel that further um you know we're hoping to keep things exciting with you know limited edition launches uh, you know year on year and and yeah and and you know primarily led by uh, some uh home style research and development that's impressive um what was the lockdown like was it hard to sell alcohol or were people drinking more at home I think lockdown of course was unfortunate um in more ways than one because uh, it really brought uh, you know brought things to a standstill for for everyone uh, and I think we were very close to to ground level when uh, when the F&B industry really took a big hit right we've got yeah. 7 million people employed in the in the F&B industry which which basically shut down overnight um you know bars and restaurants uh, really you know struggled so we saw a lot of people you know lose their livelihoods and everything uh, in that in that time so it's it's really been unfortunate um i think we've again been very lucky to have weathered that storm fairly okay you know without without much of a scratch um we've yes of course you know that 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 drinking at the bar and uh, restaurant pieces has, had totally gone away for that time especially during your your two lockdowns but retail was was open right you could buy and and go home and drink at uh, you know in your own space which was which i think was, that was during the second lockdown i don't know it's i, I think the first lockdown was states. yeah first lockdown was definitely harsher uh, and for two months even retail wasn't open yeah right um i think it was it was maybe june or july of last year when retail even started opening up yeah um so so that's that was of course a, a bit of a blessing for us and 
um you know we decided to kind of limit our ourselves a little bit but even then um from 2019 to 2020 uh we ended up growing by about uh, 75% um which was which was huge for us yes. uh, to be able to grow to still be able to hire people um we we came up with a scheme at that time where we said listen we'll we'll hire people on a on a temporary basis from the F&B industry right we'll give jobs to as many people as we can uh and we'll pay them in commission so they'll go out they'll sell uh whatever money we would have made they will make right so so instead of keeping that for ourselves for us it's a it's great right for us we're able to kind of reach out to more people but also provide um you know temporary employment uh, you know wherever possible uh so that was great we end up you know doubling our uh, our team strength uh, during that time you know we we were i think 20 people internally and uh, we ended up through that program and ended up hiring i think 25 or 27 uh, odd people which is great and four or five of them have actually migrated to uh, to the permanent role because they were just great and we said listen we just want to do this um so we've actually hired a couple of people who we've hired from that program so post covid what is 2022 look like any new labels launching any what's coming up uh so so the no sleep uh, gin is of course coming up uh, that's something we're going to be launching hopefully by you know another 10 days time uh if all the permissions and all are in, are in place we should be able to launch that um what else is new is of course we're expanding to newer territories um so india is unique there you know unlike uh, let's say if i was to launch a agarbatti brand you know we could produce here and sell wherever we wanted in india uh that's not how it works in uh, in alcobev um we have to register in each state separately we have to pay excise duty every year in each state that we registered in we have to have different labels for each state so it's it's a different beast altogether so till last year we were operating in seven different states uh, primarily karnataka delhi maharashtra goa uh, but also west bengal also telangana etc um this year we've so last year we didn't expand into any new states this year we're expanding into seven new states so we've already done uh, assam Meghalaya or Natural um we've already done Rajasthan uh and we're in the process of doing Pondicherry as well and then we're going to add at least two or three more uh, to that so we're doubling up uh, the number of places we're in that's that's our little version of being aggressive in the market and saying let's go out and let's spread the gin uh as much as we can um and yeah i think i think that's really exciting for us as well we've also uh tied up in uh, and got some key partnerships in our export markets so we already export to 17 different countries um and and off them um we are now tying up with uh, um Maverick uh in the UK Maverick spirits is the is the is the most recognized uh craft spirits uh, distributor in the world potentially so, so we were very excited um you know when they reached out to us and said you know listen we we like to uh, distribute you guys and we're like wow this is great similarly with uh, with an, with another uh, distributor uh, probably just as strong in east asia uh, based in hong kong these guys called metabev uh, so these are really i think key strategic uh, partnerships uh, for us and and we we couldn't be more excited um and the great thing about this is you know it's not like we've gone looking out for these partnerships you know they've they've come to us and and it's been you know again it's it's been quite unbelievable 
Anand, it's been wonderful chatting with you. Personally, I've, I've been such a fan of the brand. So this is uh, a great deep dive for me. Thank you for your time. And uh, shall we say it's gin o'clock? <laughs> Always. Always. Thank you so much, Namrata, for, uh, for thinking of us and, uh, and, and having me on this, uh, on this program. If you enjoyed the show or not, write to me on Instagram, Twitter or Clubhouse at Namrata Sakaria. You can catch the video podcast on the Lifelink channel on YouTube. For updates on Tell Me How You Did It, follow us at HD Smartcast. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Clubhouse. To listen to more podcasts, log on to hdsmartcast.com or suno nai nazariye se. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.